Thanks for listening to the Habits and Hustle podcast made possible by our friends at TrueNiogen. So I've been a huge fan of TrueNiogen for years. And that's why I am so excited to be partnering with them because I literally don't miss a day taking it. And think if you're going to be using any one supplement, this is the one. And here is why, with of course an added science lesson for you from me. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which supports energy production that starts in our cells. But the levels sadly decline by up to 50% between the ages of 40 and 60. A nutrient that could help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide riboside, otherwise known as NR. And the most efficient, proven, and safe way to get this is with TrueNiogen because it's the best NAD precursor, meaning that it's not just a supplement, but precursors, it helped our own bodies produce NAD. True Niagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can really damage our cells, like overeating, drinking, staying up too late. So in my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I had this in my early 30s. What's most amazing is that True Niagen is backed by over 200 published scientific studies and is researched by the world's top scientific institutions. So go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off all orders, $100 or more, using the code HUSTLE20 until August 30th, 2022. So definitely run. Don't walk and scoop some up now. Hi, guys. It's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. Today on the podcast, we have Aaron Alexander. Aaron is a movement coach. He is the founder and creator of The Align Method, the author of The Align Method book, and of course, The Align Method podcast. He really is about true mind-body connection. And as a result, he helps people align their body, their mind, their environment, their posture, movement to achieving incredible results. On this episode, we talk about becoming physically and mentally healthier along the way he tells his own family story of a father addicted to crack cocaine. We talk all about posture. We talk about how to infuse better movement into your daily life and like practical ways and solutions to do this. The impact of your environment for your postural patterns and physiology. It was really an interesting conversation and he's an interesting guy just all together. So I really think that you're going to uh, enjoy this podcast and get a lot of uh, very valuable ways to integrate these practical things to, to help optimize your mind, your body, um, and your spirit. Enjoy. I'm very curious about you. I mean, are you kind of like the, you're the Align guy. Your book obviously was, well, it's called The Align Method. You created The Align Method. Are you just like a... A, a guru in mind-body connection and mobility. Like, who are you? Give me like the origin story of who you are and what your what your thing is. That's so funny. Um, I mean, I don't. I think guru is like actually that's like a that's that's like a, a bad word. I, I, I would, would I would just I would, like making. I would, I would like use a, I would use guru personally, would, but I think I mean I think, I think the, I think the actual meaning of guru is teacher. Um, okay. So uh, you know. I would say we're all gurus in our own right. 
Okay, Tony um, so, Robbins. Isn't that what you know? You are your own guru, or whatever that movie was. Doc, yeah, you are. Stuff. I think. I mean, I think there's. I think there's. There's a lot of truth to that. Like, like we have the answers to many things to to life's you know predicaments within ourselves, and we are in a circumstance where we are bombarded with so much information from all angles. Totally true. And that tends to drown out the internal, deeper knowing that we all do have so in that sense as like kind of i don't know maybe maybe soft or like metaphysical or you know a bit a bit like i don't don't like to fall into like the the new age type category as new agey as that sounds like i think there that is a lot of a lot of truth to that like we all really are our own gurus in a sense and we do have a deeper knowing and i think there's many processes and paths to get us all closer to that relationship with ourselves and a part of that would just be a very simple pragmatic process of cutting out uh static from our lives you know and that's like bruce lee i think like everybody's a big fan of bruce lee myself included uh one of the things he's said various different iterations of is you know life or martial arts or anything relevant is about subtraction. It's not about addition. And so some of the potential statics that we may um, be encumbered by in our modern lives, a lot of beautiful things in our lives as well, might be nutritional related static, you know, having different things that might make us feel a little stirred up, make us feel a little aggressive, make us feel a little anxious, make us feel a little tired. We're continually yearning for something to pep us back up because we just feel kind of like our energy is like pooled um, movement or lack of movement, uh, the lighting in our environments or a lack of light, you know, if we're, if we're not getting adequate exposure to full spectrum light, um, relationships, a sensation of purpose, like feeling like, what the hell am I doing here? What is the point of anything? Like, why do I care to exercise in the first place? I think it's a reasonable question to ask because if, if your goal of exercising is just coming from a place of like lack of self-acceptance, and I will accept myself when my ass doesn't jiggle in this way or when I have six pack abs, which is just a story of that indicating health. Um, that's problematic. So in short, I guess if, if your question is like, the shorter version, if you're asking like, who am I? I think I'm just very interested in these questions and I really enjoy looking at the body from a broader lens than just like merely exercise and I'm really interested in like the psychosomatic relationships like that mind-body relationship is the thing that I it like it you know winds me up I'm very interested in that conversation so then what would you say because you created the you have your, your whole brand is the align method right so what would you uh-huh. how would you define if someone says Aaron in elevator pitch me what is the yep. align method what is it Line method is a manual on how to make it so that fitness is who you are as opposed to a thing that you do. If I had to put it into like a sentence, can you hear the rain in the background? Yeah, I can. I'm going to shut my window, but the rain is awesome. Wow. That sounds actually. Yeah, it's very soothing. Oh, yeah. So fitness is who you are. It's not a thing that you do. As you're having a conversation with somebody, are you going to comment on something? No, I'm listening to you. I think that's a, that's a great way of summing it up, actually. Because yeah. uh, what would you, like, how did you kind of, what was your evolution for it, though? Like, what did you start doing? How did you become the person that is 
I mean, for all for all intents purposes here, like an expert in this in this kind of uh, what would you call it? Uh, would you call it mobility overall? Overall movement? Probably overall. like holistic holistic physical health. Holistic physical health. Okay, how, what was your sure. evolution? How did you start? Um, insecure bodybuilding, all of the supplements, all of all of like just the very. Um, just basic muscle and fitness workouts and just a lot of time staring in the mirror, making muscles, trying to like, like manifest myself into being a, like a mini Arnold Schwarzenegger as a young person. Um, really? Like what? Leading, you, like just working out at the gym day in, day out? Taking, all the time, like, obsessively. Really? Every, everything. I, I put on like 60 pounds in a matter of, of like, I don't remember what it was, very short amount of time, like six months or less than a year or something like that. A part of that was puberty. So it wasn't like, I mean, I was essentially on steroids, but they were like, in, you know, endogenous. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was that compounded with just like complete utter obsession around getting as big as I possibly could because I felt like a deep lack of acceptance in myself. And within that, that was, I would, if there was ever like a time of like taking a picture or something, there was a picture in this day and age, which was, I'm not super old, I'm 35, but it was before like cell phone cameras right. and stuff. I know what you mean. Um, you know, but so there was less pictures at that time frame. But when there was a picture, um, I would immediately leave the room. I would run out and I would go do a bunch of push-ups. I'd go find a doorway to do pull-ups on or something. And I would like try to get this like pump in my muscles, get good circulation, you know, get a good, good, get a good hue. Yeah. Um, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. And then I would come back in for the photo. So that was just like, just to, like, that was kind of like where my mind was at. Um, and then that learned into, turned into a lot of muscular imbalance. I was very focused on like the, the, the glamour muscles, the beach muscles. If I didn't see it, probably didn't matter that much. You know, I'd like touch up on those muscles every now and again, but it just wasn't that relevant. And then a lot of pain, a lot of injuries, like, you know, chronic lingering type pain, like, like, you know, many people are accustomed to, particularly like back pain. And that turned into, uh, I was going to go to school for physical therapy. Uh, I went to school for rolfing, structural integration instead. So manual therapy, I was yeah. doing personal training, working with clients at the time, moved to Hawaii, was doing like beach boot camps and, you know, got into jujitsu and surfing and, uh, various different forms of manual therapy or like massage therapy. Uh, and so it was more like getting into like yin side now of like, okay, how do we start to reassemble the system as opposed to just like, just like making everything bigger just for bigger sake. Um, and you know, that's, I'm, I'm still like in that process. Like I, I'm like still sorting it out. Well, it's interesting cause looking at you, like even on your Instagram or just in general, you were like, ex like extraordinarily fit looking. I mean, I, I can't imagine you, like if you said that that's how you used to be, like I would think that you, you were like have like a 10 pack right now. So how did, like, are you, how did you, or are you still, how, how did you kind of like pivot from being that bodybuilder, I need to like work out for vanity purpose 
Um, what, what, like what triggered you to kind of get more into this other holistic side, but yet still look the same. I mean, you still, you look, look amazing. Not to like, I'm not hitting on you. I'm just telling you, you just do. Right. Appreciate that. that. You look great too. Well, thank Um, you. But not like, are you you, you just like a, (laughs) thank you. Are you just like a genetic freak that way? Like your baseline is so good or what do you like? What's the secret? I've, so I, I mean, I, I, I like anybody have, have, have been, uh, you know, working on it for a while. Like I, I've, I've, I've been working out quote unquote in some capacity very intently since I was 14. Like I, I just never stopped. And then it turned into my career. Like I, I started right. personal training when I was 16. I got a job at LA fitness, got my, my <laughs> NSCA personal training certification, uh, you know, and, and yeah. You know, that, that was kind of like the beginning of that. And so it's always been just a part of, I've had the accountability of showing up for like adults. So I was 16, showing up to like train adults. There's like 30, you know, 40 whatever wow. year old people with like real jobs, real <laughs> lives, partners, you know, like they're, they're like, they're like real people. And I'm just like this, this little insecure kid that's kind of jacked, you know, trying to Kinda. try to pre- precociously just like garner as much information to be able to regurgitate to these people as possible. Um, and so it's, I think it, I think it's just been like a, a process of, of continual slow work. And now I'm, I'm very grateful that like, I, I you know, I, my, my body and anybody, anybody's body, we, we do have a certain level of like muscle memory, which is kind of a soft, a bit of a soft mm-hmm. flimsy term. Um, but my, my, my endocrine system, my neurochemical system, like all the systems, they're, they're kind of exposed. Like they understand training, they understand cold, they understand heat, they understand hypertrophy, they understand fasting. And, you know, you can kind of work those systems into the body through exposure. And I've just been like continually exposing myself. I haven't stopped like exposing myself. I, I think of like each day as like an experiment. Are you not, so are you, are you basically saying you've always been kind of, what, what I'm gathering is you haven't never stopped being active in some capacity. So it's, it is muscle memory. What are you doing now though, to stay this healthy and, uh, fit and, you know, to move? Are you, are you not a gym person? Do you not work out at a, at a, at no, a traditional gym. gym? Oh, you do. You still yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, but the gym I go to is is largely I train outside quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's here in, in Austin. It's a place called Squatch, and um, I I really like it because I can get like sunlight, you know. So sun that's like one of the the, the primary factors for again like neurochemical health, hormonal health, testosterone, um, you know, libido, like all all that just generally you know, skin tone, looking, feeling attractive. There's various different, you know, research around that. Uh, so I'm a big totally. advocate for, for spending time in the sun. I'm a big advocate for, like right now as we're having this conversation, you've already noticed, <clears throat> I'm, I've changed positions, you know, 15 times. Yeah, probably. you're moving a lot. It's like you're, 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 by the way, you're sitting on the floor as we do this podcast. So, yeah, I'm sitting on the floor, which isn't, I don't think is, is very strange. It's like, welcome to the whole world. Like, yeah, like that's true. Pr- most of the world slash before just complete transition to like becoming a chair based culture. Um, you know, like spending time on the ground is just, is very, very normal. Like spending time on the ground actually is the normal thing. You know, so as I'm, as I'm on the ground, um, and n- normal is a dumb word. It's a subjective word. But as far as like norm, if my definition of normal would be like most conducive for 
cellular health. You know, and, right, and, and right, like musculoskeletal right, right. well-being. I said skeletal like a British person. So if that if we were just we were just to, to put normal as something that's like okay, like what just what makes your cells function best? We'll just call that normal, just for lack of you know, for just to find a definition. And so that's very normal. Like our our, our body, there's 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 actually a, a, a book called Muscles and Meridians by Philip Beach that's been quite impactful for me. And in that book, he refers to um, spending time on the ground, which again, most all healthy cultures around the world do that. Um, cultures that have minimal incidence of osteoarthritis in the hips and the knees have minimal, minimal issues around like, you know, incontinence, you know, like pelvic floor issues, um, you know, just like, like, like uh, spine pathologies, things of the sort, like just going through those ranges of motion, it, it heals the joints. It brings new fluids to the joints. And it's just it's good for them. Circulates lymphatic fluid, better for for digestion, because your your legs are closer to your your viscera, your heart, your organs. So you don't have all this blood pooling up in your lower compartments. Think like cankles when you're on a plane. It's gross. Doesn't look good. Doesn't feel good. Makes right. feel, makes you feel drained. Standing in a museum for too long, you're just like. Ugh. So sitting like, on the floor. Is there a position that we should be sitting in, or just our legs crossed, or what's the the ideal position to be sitting on the floor. There's no best position. So this, I mean, I, I have a whole chapter in, in right. the, the Align Method book about just spending time on the ground. I mean, it feels so stupid to talk about. It feels like dumb because it's so, it's like childish. But know? it but actually like, is not because I think that people, it's, it's the most basic things in life I feel and find that we just, we don't kind of, we don't think about, right? And we just, th- we yeah. just don't, we forget. And now what's our normal uh, quote unquote is sitting in a chair like I am, but you're saying that there's so many more extra, there's so many benefits to actually being on the ground, which is why, oh and what I want to get to, like, I want you to talk about, like you have been, yeah. what are the, like, what are the benefits of, of sitting on the ground versus being in a chair? Like where I'm sitting right now in a chair, you're saying it's not great for my back, my hips. It helps with it. Like, you know, like if I just sat on the floor, let's just put it this way. If I sat on the floor, versus sitting in a chair, what would the benefits be? What, what would I kind of get from that? Or not just me, but yeah. everybody. So a bunch. Uh, so, so, all right, so a few things. One, there's been various different research around this, studying different cultures that happen to spend more time on the ground. So like Northern Africa, Southeastern Asia, Eastern Mediterranean, um, these places. There's also other things, you know, at least Northern Africa um, and Eastern Mediterranean, they tend to drink like, you know, eat pretty good, eat a lot of olive oil, which is also good for the joints. Um, but very low incidence of osteoarthritis in the hips and the knees. And a part of their culture is they're just taking their hips and their knees through a full range of motion. It's very simple. Um, you know, that would be one thing that's pretty interesting. Uh, another thing is like I had already mentioned digestion, mm-hmm. you know, so if you're eating and you're in order for you to be able to digest food, you're going to pull, like why you get sleepy when you're eating food is you're pulling a bunch of blood from your periphery and it's going into your viscera and your organs and your stomach to break that stuff down and then recirculate it and carry those nutrients through the rest of the body. So when your legs are closer to your heart, like think if you ever injured your ankle, if you ever sprained an ankle, everybody sprained an ankle at some point in their lives, your physical therapist, first thing they're going to say, 
you know, compression and elevation. Right. It used to, it used to be uh, rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Then Merkin, the, the doctor fellow mm-hmm. that created that in like the late 70s, he recently recalled that, I think, in like the early 2000s. So it's like, oh, like my bad. Ice is actually a bummer. You know, you don't want to slow down the inflammatory response and, 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 and um, stop that action. You want to actually support it. You just want to keep it circulating. So actually warmth, elevation, movement, stay out of pain, uh, but elevation and compression. That's essentially what you're doing when you're, when you're sitting in any of those childish positions when you're on the ground. You know, so if you're laying on your back, that to be obviously it's just going to be more advantageous for for better circulation. The way that you circulate lymphatic fluid is through muscular contraction. If you are just sitting on a sofa, just kind of pulling your fluids, it's not bad. It's not like a moralistic thing. It's just disadvantageous for the circulation of the vital fluids throughout your body. So if you are sitting on the ground like any kid would do, um, or person in you know culture that does this you'll just naturally kind of move your body around. Like that's a healthy mm-hmm. body, a body that just kind of wiggles a little bit. And you know, that's, there's a, there's a fancy term <clears throat> for those wiggles called neat. Uh, it's, it's, um, what is it called? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis is the unnecessary oh, wow. definition of the, of the acronym. And so what that is, is non-exercise. So it's not like, like the idea of exercise I think is cute. Like, like you think you're going to like work yourself out into some new form. It's like, what about like, that's one hour, three or four days a week. Like, what are you even talking about? That is, it's like so minuscule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, so it's like the rest of the day, like that's the align method. Like all I care about is like, what are you doing with the rest of it? Like you've so many coaches and magazines and muscle and fitness and everything to do the perfect Tybo workout or plyometrics or knees over toes or like whatever you do. Um, the rest of the day is all I'm really interested in as far as like working with, well, I like both honestly, cause I do enjoy like nerding out about training, but the rest of the daytime, that neat, that non-exercise activity thermogenesis time, you'd be burning upwards of 2000 extra in quotations calories just from living a little bit more of like a wiggly lifestyle. And if you were to take yourself into, you know, so you'd say to go, go like Northern Tanzania where there's been a ton of research, like gut biome stuff also with, with movement researchers from Southern California, from, from your part of the world, my, my old, my old part, (laughs) uh, they went out there in the last few years and, um, they attached these sensory systems, bio something, motor, whatever to the tribal folks' hips, hips and knees, to track the range of motion they're going through the day. And what they found was that these hunter-gatherer, ancestral, like the romanticized people that the whole world is like, oh, whatever they're doing is the right thing. They are in resting positions about as much as industrialized cultures. So on average, it was, it was like the exact number was 9.82 hours per day, if I remember correctly. And so that's like, okay, they're not, they're, they're not just like, running all day or like climbing trees all day, you know, or doing like capoeira dancing and like playing drums. Like they're resting a lot. Like they're, they're trying to, they're trying to preserve energy. So they're resting about as much as we are. Like we, you know, representing like, you know, industrialized Western culture, whatever. So the, the difference is how are they resting? 
the way they're resting is, is they're in kneeling positions, they're in squatting positions, they're in, um, you know, that various different floor sitting positions, like that I pretty much outlined in the, in the, in the book slash, you know, everywhere. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, they're actually, they're, they're actively, um, engaging in their resting positions. It's not just outsourcing all of their mechanical efficiency to, you know, a device in this case, the, the device being the chair When you outsource what your body would naturally do. Then you begin to atrophy. When you atrophy, you start to become trapped. Mm-hmm. If you atrophy too much, then you're, you're in a tight spot. Right. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. Does that mean by the way, the wigglies, is it because are you wiggling because you're uncomfortable on the floor? And so therefore you're, you're trying to get a, you're, you're adjusting yourself constantly to find a comfortable position. Cause like right now I'm on, I'm going to, if you're in an uncomfortable chair, you can wiggle a lot. You know, I'm sure. wiggling a ton right now. That's great. That's how a kid would sit in a chair until yeah. they were, until they were advised that, that they're sick and they like need medication. That's right. how a healthy right. kid would sit in a chair. They'd rock back on the chair. They right. go on the left side. They go on the right side. They're working their whole proprioceptive system. That's neurology. Like that's education. So does that mean I'm uh, I'm getting the same benefits in this chair as you are on the floor because I'm like yeah oh, I'm moving thing. around. Okay, There's so a lot of the chair. Chair is just a thing. It doesn't matter. It's just who are you in the chair? Who, who are, are you who on am the I floor? In the chair? Right. But yeah. are, can you sit on a cushion <laughs> on the chair on, on the floor? Yes. Do you, oh yeah, I'm on a cushion. My whole setup. Okay, so, let me look at your setup. I'm just all right, curious. So, well, all right, so, I'm on, oh, so I got this this cute little little cushion situation about that wine. Okay. My hips are semi flexible. Um, I would say so, they're more than semi. They would be so very can, flexible. But so so that's I'm just saying that that cushion is kind of small for a lot of a lot of folks. For oh. most people, I'd say make your cushion like at least I don't know a foot high, ten inches high, or something like that. Uh, the the big thing if you want to have biomechanical efficiency within your sacrum, you know, just your spine, your hips, you want to make sure your hips are up above the height of your knees. If your hips are up above the height of your knees. That will put your lower back, uh, particularly the L5-S1 mm-hmm. vertebra, they are in a bit of a shape of a wedge with the wide angle of the wedge facing out towards your belly button. And so what that what that suggests is that you want to kind of have the, pit, the hips ever so slightly kind of like tilting forward. And that's kind of like a ready position. You know, so if you roll your hips backward and you sit down on the ground without like having your hips up above the height of your knees, then you're going to be in that like sad puppy dog kind of like ugh, like rolled forward position. It's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just putting a little like undue stress on the, the discs in your spine and, and such. So you can relax, really relax into the architecture of your spine when you set your hips up above the height of your your knees. That in and of itself, whether you're on a chair uh, or on the floor or whatever, if you just take away that tip. You know, those of you still still engaged in this conversation mm-hmm. um, or monologue, uh, if you just take away that one tip, this whole thing was worth it. You can stop listening. Just do that, and it will make a massive difference in your life. Wow, that's amazing. So then, how about sleeping? Do you sleep on the floor or do you sleep on a mattress? <laughs> That'd be so cool <laughs> if I could. I'm such a baby. Like I, 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 I spent a lot of time. I lived in Colorado for a while. I lived in Bend, Oregon, for a while. And, you know, I've like identified as like a, like a mountain climber person, but it's so hard for me to sleep if I'm not on like a comfortable, like 
it has to be like a really comfortable, expensive mat from REI, like a thick one um, <laughs> or just like a good mattress. But ideally, yeah, ideally you would have enough adaptability in your joints and your connective tissue to be able to sleep on something that's f- fairly firm. Um, you know, and if, and if you, you don't, it's, you know, it's kind of an indication that there, there is some room for growth there. But for me, my suggestion is sleep is kind of like the most important thing you can do over a lot of things. So if you're getting whatever your metaphoric eight hours of sleep is, doesn't need to be eight hours, but like whatever your, your, your eight hours, like where you feel like you got your eight hours, um, that's like the foundation to, to rest most other practices on top of. So for me, I'm like, I just want you to sleep, like make sure you sleep. And then from there, let's draw back and say, maybe every once in a while experiment and sleep on, you know, go camping outside someplace, you know, and, and within that you're going to naturally be, be actually taking your body through a bit of like a myofascial release session in a way. So when you're on a feather, soft, whatever bed, there's not a lot of pressure on your connective tissue, on your joints, on your muscles. When you're on some, like a hard ground, you're getting more pressure. So if you went and got a massage, like a big Russian lady or something, and she was putting elbows into different parts of your body, if you have a healthy body, you know, Elga can drop a ton of weight into all sorts of weird spots in your body. And you're like, yeah, I can just breathe through this. Like this actually feels good. If you're in a diseased body, you know, like Diseased, a body that's, yes, yes. That, then, then Elga is going to be, is going to be like bringing the pain. So the healthier the body, the more dynamic and flexible it is to its environment. If a body is more mm-hmm. kind of stuck, then the idea of like laying down on the ground would be like, would be really hard because you know, their, their tissue is sensitive and it's so- sensitive because it's like, it's, you know, pain is a, I, I borrowed this from a podcast guest I've had in the past called Perry Nicholson. Um, but he's, he said, pain is a request for change. It's just so cool. Oh, I like pain's, that. Pain's a big, a very robust topic. I've done like <laughs> tens of episodes exclusively just asking the question, what is pain to like the smartest people on the planet around the conversation of pain. Right. And nobody really knows what pain is, but I really like that, that one. If there's pain, it's like, it, there's, it's, we don't know, define exactly what it is, but there's some suggestion from the body saying like, can, can, can we change? Right, right. And, <laughs> and, 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 you, and you feel that most pain comes from the fact that, like you were saying, there's 24 hours in a day. Even if you work out a lot, you still have, let's say you have, even if you work out once an hour a day, you still have 23 hours uh, to like, be fit and like to live a, when you say and and your definition of fitness is is very different. So number, what is your approach to fitness? Like what in in a day in the life? Like what would you do? Give me what you do. What time you wake up? All the different habits that you've incorporated. How you've went from this like muscle building meathead type of thing to this like you know evolute you know this this new Aaron who's now you, not guru, uh, but expert in holistic yeah. movement. Well, I, I think that I'm, I don't, honestly, I don't think I'm the best example. Like I, I think that I've, one thing that I am is I've been consistent for, you know, the last 20 years. Um, so I can pat myself on the back about that. 
Um, I have kind of augmented my perception somehow uh, towards enjoying some bout of discomfort pretty much every day. Um, so whether it's like doing a cold plunge or sitting in a sauna for, you know, an extended period or like fasting or exercising and getting into the part where like the training starts to be like, Oh, it's uncomfortable. It's like, Oh, this is fine. It's just a thing. It's not something to run away from. It's just a thing. You know, I have like a, I have like a, these sadhu nail board things sitting behind me here. A what? Um, It's called a sadhu nail board. I can, I can grab it. So this is a sadhu nail board and it's just covered in a bunch of uh, sharp nails. And so that's an example of something that it's like, uh, you know, I like. You sit I, on it or you stand on it? No, you stand your feet on it. Oh, it's one of those. Yes, yeah, yes, cool. yes. Yeah, it's cool. I'm not like bragging about this. I think this is very minor or whatever. This doesn't matter. But I'm just saying like this is an example of like, it induces this sensation that we call pain. For the most part, pain is a thing to like, like oh, like stop it. Uh, that is a perception. Pain is just a, an, ex- it's just a sensation. Like it's just like chemicals and it's just, it just is. Right. And so some bout of that is something that I typically, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to like find something like that each day. Uh, I organize my relationships around that. So most of my relationships and friends this morning met with his friends and we boxed. So we sparred. Um, so that was like community connection, all of that stuff. Um, challenge, a lot of hand-eye coordination. Um, it's, it's just a lot. It's just, a, you know, a lot packed into that. That was it, like a date. That was like, that was meeting up with a buddy and doing that. So organizing relationships around things that, that catalyze you to be some version of yourself that would be more preferable is I think that's advisable. Uh, so that's, that's something that, yeah. and, and, and now I've kind of organized my life around that and my career and my brand. So now there's a certain expectation of that of me, which is cool. You know, so now if people meet up with me, they're like, okay, let's like swim across, you know, some river thing or we're going to do cold plunge or there's like this certain level of expectation. I'm like, fucking amazing. Great. Like, that's so cool. Like, yeah, like, let's let's do hard things together. Like, yeah. why, like we always feel better afterwards. And, it's also and, bonding. It's a bonding thing. Like, when, of the, course, the, the you best. don't bond over soft stuff. You don't bond over coffee. Like, one hundred percent. No, you don't. You don't bond <laughs> over coffee, even dinner. Like, you know, like my my husband's like a big believer in that. You need to do. You have to experience. You have to have life experience with people in order to build an, a, a true relationship and connection that's long lasting, right? Like, oh, yeah. how many people have you had coffee with? I can, and I, I have so many coffee, lunch, dinner meetings, and like, you forget about the person the next day. It's like when you yeah. like do an activity like you're talking about, is how you really build real bond and real like connection. Oh, yeah. And well, you're you're putting your body into a, 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 like a pseudo psychedelic state. You're, you're getting flooded with, with opiates. So when you're doing something mm, yeah. hard, like your, your skin is an endocrine organ. Your muscles are also endocrine organs. When you're contracting and pumping and exposing them to sun or cold temperatures or hot temperatures, the pores are opening, expanding contraction. Like that's not like your, your skin is continuous with the yeah. same embryological layer as your brain. It's called the ectoderm. They merge. It's the same dermal layer. So when you're 
having contact and and that's why like my suggestion with meeting people is like oh like uh, let me flip you upside down for 10 minutes and decompress your spine and do this like weird ridiculous thing called acro yoga that's what now i get it now i know why you said that to me Oh, All yeah. those I, years ago, like, hey, let's meet up and do some acro yoga as opposed to, hey, let's meet up and have a coffee. Yeah, I find I find I find myself and that's probably my own like neuroses that neuroses that where I kind of like I don't really love. And this is my work. Like for me, sitting in stillness is that's like really like the, the path towards greatest growth for me. I think I've really I've, I've like established the wiggly aspect of life and the doing hard things like the doing hard things, things I find easy. Um, sitting in, like I have, a, I have a, a darkness, a seven day darkness retreat that I'm scheduled to do in November 15th or something. And so that would be something where it's an example of like, Ooh, okay. That's, that's doing hard things for <laughs> that's me. Like, that's, that's like, that's hard, hard, hard. That's hard, hard. Wait, what is that? I've never heard of this. Tell me what this darkness retreat is. Are you sitting in like darkness for seven days? Literally like pitch black darkness? Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Uh, I wrote about it in my book. There, there's, it's, it's, I didn't a, see that in the book, and maybe I missed that page. <clears throat> I think it's in. It might have been in the vision chapter, or it was probably in the visual chapter. I would imagine the visual chapter. So there's a whole chapter about how your, you know, your your eyes affect your physiology and such. Um, Can we talk and, about that? Let's let's stay on that. That's very interesting. The eyes affecting your physiology yeah, and the darkness. Yeah, so tell yeah, me about yeah. this darkness retreat first. Well, yeah. So it's. Uh, originally i think people started doing this in in germany it has a, a german name that i'm the, the name the german name is escaping me right now it's it's a it's a cool name though i remember I, I liked to say it back in the day that i remembered what the term was um and it might come to me at some point in this conversation um and yeah you go and you are essentially locked up well not locked you could leave if you want to in a uh, a room there's a bathroom like a little tub at the place that I'm going to. Uh, they bring you food, I think twice a day or something. And they pass it underneath a little thing. And you remove all contact to human beings and light. It varies the times, like five to 10 days typically is the, is it common? I'm doing seven days coming up. And Are in you that pay time for this? frame, people pay for it. I'm they're, they're offering it to me, but yeah, it's a, it's a paid thing. It's called prison. It's like being in solitary confinement. <laughs> well, I mean, those are the, that's. I mean, that's the thing is is I think that without the color black, you know, white's not not very brilliant, you know. So so without juxtaposition of things that are really uncomfortable, then we're in like a place that a lot of people are. I, I'm in some level of this, like a just a, like a comfortably numb experience, just a, avoiding discomfort to the point that eventually you suffocate on your own comfort. Mm. And by you, I mean me and like, you know, people that are maybe maybe addicted to pharmaceutical drugs to, uh, to support with anxiety or depression or things of the sort, you know, people that want to hurt themselves, cut themselves, end their lives. You know, I think that's like a sense, it's like a cry for like, I just want to feel. <laughs> You know, I think that is actually so. You basically are saying you like you put yourself in these like treacherous, uh, hard exp uh, places. So then you come back really appreciating and being grateful for what you then have, right? So you need the yeah, you more need adaptive. that you more or you you need that um, like you said 
the juxtaposition. So let me get this straight. So do you go by yourself <laughs> to this dark retreat? Do you go with a friend? Are you sitting in a dark room? Are you in a bed? Do you have like so entertainment? It was, it was gonna be by myself, but then recently, you probably know, you might know both the girls. The one is uh, Krista from the Almost 30 podcast. She's she's gonna go as well. And with then you? another friend called, well, in another room. There's a the place that I'm going is in Oregon. There's they have three different rooms. I don't remember what it's called right now, but people can look up Darkness Retreat Oregon and you'll find it. You might even see a, like a blurb about me on there in a, in a minute. Um, okay. And, and then another girl, another gal called Hannah Hannah Eden, who we just actually did this really other like hard motorcycle trip through the Pacific Northwest together. We did a, a, a group of us and it was like oh, raining the stuff. whole time. Yes. Yeah, she does fitness stuff. Yeah, and she's got like uh, so pink hair or red hair or green. She used hair. to have pink. She used to have pink hair. Yeah. But so those, so the motorcycle trip, all that, both of those, both of those are examples of um, preparing the body um, from again, like uh, an endocrine perspective, from a you know you could say from like a developing from like a cold riding motorcycle in the rain, developing brown adipose tissue, yeah. developing. <laughs> You know, like your whole body adjusts to the structure and shape of your environment. And so for, for me, I think it's sensible to, what's the, what's the, the quote from Roosevelt or whatever? He says, like, like, the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. So I, I'm, I think I'm a little bit of like a prepper in a way. So I, I want to develop my, the, the robusticity of my cells throughout my bones, muscles, endocrine organs, etc., while life is easy. And then an, a, a silly example is yesterday, I rode my bike to the gym and then it, it got like, suddenly got like cold and raining. And so now I'm like semi-stranded at the gym and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm at the gym. So I, end up, I get in the sauna and I like get all sweaty. And then I ride my bike home in like the cold rain in my underpants. Uh, they're like boxer briefs. They kind of look like shorts. I didn't have any pack on too. So it was kind of like covering up my, my, my situation. But that was an example where it's like, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm like, this is so totally fine. So this is an example of like life actually happening. Very simple, very like basic, low level, soft, the softest version of life. Oh my God, I'm biking home for... <laughs> 15 minutes in cold-ish rain, like not even that cold. But still, there's a lot of, you know, human organisms out there that that would be devastating. Totally true. <laughs> that is so true. But it's so it's so what I prefer, I prefer more like peaks of um, like, like positive in quotations experience where it's like, wow, like, fuck, yeah, like, this is great. This feels good. Yes. The way, the only way to do that is to make yourself more adaptable to variety of life. And if you do that through things like cold exposure, heat exposure, or, you know, some hermetic stressor in the form of exercise or maybe public speaking, you know, go join a, um, whatever they call that. The, what's the, what's the club, the, the public speaking club? Oh, the to, uh, Toastmasters? No. Toastmasters, yeah. I did, Toastmasters? I, did, I did Toastmasters for a little bit. You did? So like, any, anything, anything, the, just reorienting. Okay, so this is another, the f two things from the podcast that are relevant. One, make sure your hips are above the height of your knees when you're sitting. Try to get on the ground with more regularity. Fall risk is the number one leading reason that elderly need assisted living. 
fall risk. I've, I've, I'm, I, I arrived on the ground in some way and I don't have the capacity to get my body off of the ground anymore. That is insane. Like that's unacceptable. That is exclusively a product of divorcing yourself from getting up and down off of the ground while you can. Off the table, if we just start doing this now collectively as a society. Insane that that's, it's that simple. Wow. So that's one thing. Um, then the other thing would be reorienting one's relationship with discomfort to being something that's actually not just like being okay with it, but actually seeking it out and actually inviting it because you know that it's inevitable. You will be uncomfortable in your life. Mm -hmm. you, a million percent. Like there's no way around it. You're going to get caught. It's going to happen. So right now, while you're chilling is the best time to invest and in say, how could I elect to make myself uncomfortable right now? Maybe I'll go for a little run. Maybe I'll go, you know, just fill it, whatever thing you want, whatever, whatever yeah. makes you kind of go like, oh, like, okay, ah, we made it. Exactly true. Get in the habit of doing that. And that is the greatest insurance policy for your happiness and contentment in the future. And then, well, I mean, another great insurance policy would just be like focusing on relationships and like do good by people. When you come into interaction with someone, start developing the, 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 the mantra for yourself of like making everyone a little bit better than they were. Not like forcing them to be better, but like if you have an interaction with someone, what can you do to make sure that they walk away from that interaction like feeling a little better than they did when they started? Like don't allow interactions to, to end. I mean, sometimes you just got to, whatever, you got to move on or whatever. It's like not your business to like try to make save everybody. But the best you can with every interaction, the person serving you coffee at Starbucks or wherever, you know, your, your kids, your partner, your business people, like at the end of that conversation, like, did we both walk away? Like, ah, all right. I feel, I feel good. Yeah. Like, and you're, and you're intended, you're, you, you're, you have a very, you're, you have an intention around that. So when you have any kind of interaction, you personally, Aaron, that's mm. what's going through your head is like how, like you want to leave that, you want to leave that conversation, that interaction, giving that person a, a uh, like a feeling that like it's a, like a positive feeling like you yeah, like think about that yeah like, like give gifts so the gift could be physical gifts the gift could be write somebody a letter the gift could be sending a text to somebody in the morning the gift could be just like you were there's so many people that I see just in like in the streets you know of Austin Texas or wherever the heck I'm at that there's just like a sensation of like um I don't know. Oftentimes people are like sad. People, sometimes people are happy. Sometimes people are a lot of things. But there's oftentimes you can kind of see this person just like not feeling, maybe they feel lonely. Maybe they feel disconnected. Maybe they feel purposeless. Maybe they're literally like thinking about ending their life. Like how many people do you walk? Statistically, you walk past a lot of people each week that literally are like ideating, how do I turn the lights off on this mm -hmm. thing? So in that scenario, it's just like, man, like what, a, what an opportunity to, as you're just walking down the street, as you're getting coffee, as you're doing whatever you're doing, just to like make eye contact with somebody and be like, ah, oh, like just show them like there's people out here that care, you know, like, like I care. I don't know you, but like I care. <laughs> and what that is, is it's incredibly selfish because in, upon you bridging that 
connection to someone else, it's it's healing you. It's opening your heart. It's opening, you know, you at a at a mental, emotional, cellular level. level. You release the contraction and the defense. It comes into a place, and then when you release that contraction, so this is kind of like metaphoric, but also very literal. If you're in a defensive state, you know, so you think somebody wants your money, or you think somebody wants to take advantage of you, or whatever, someone's going to attack you. Like, what do you do? You you your shoulders contract, you might meet a rotation of, of, of the shoulders, the traps and sternocleidomastoid and masseter that might contract, you know, your blood will flush out to your periphery, out of your organs, your, your pupils might dilate, your mouth might get dry. So it's this, it's this, it's this resistance contracted, contracted, like ready to fight or freeze or run or whatever. There are many humans, myself included in this, that are chronically in that state more than would be ideal for their health and their longevity. And stress, stress like bar none, is the, is the most consistent factor in any form of dis-ease. Like, name a thing, stress is in there. Yeah, totally agree with that too. So are you say, you're saying that the making eye contact is the key to this, right? Like when the, with the going out every day and make whatever interaction you have, even with strangers, you want to make it, you want to have like eye contact. Eye contact would be a fine bridge because it might be like, whoa, like, wow, I'm like actually looking at somebody in their eyes. Don't be right. creepy about it because there can be too much. <laughs> like this is what you get in like the kind of like the new age spiritual world. Like it's almost like this spiritual ego of like, I can stare you into your eyes for 35 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, and they're like kind of like barely even there, but they're like deep eyes in <laughs> contact, bro. I'm like, no, 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 like too much. Like it's you're like, you're being intrusive. Um, you know, but just, just, it's, it's like how you sit in the chair it's, it's, or how you sit, you know, how do you sit anywhere? It's not about the chair. It's, it's about what's behind the eye contact. So actively engaging in a process of like, just compassion. Like I have compassion for your experience. And if you have compassion, you practice having compassion for someone else's experience. You are simultaneously practicing having compassion for yourself. So many people are so hard on themselves. I'm in this category. And it's, it's, uh, it's not being enough. Like a big part of why I am, you know, I don't know, muscular is still lingering, lingering aspects of like feeling not enough. Like if I lose the muscles, I think about that regularly. If I, if I wasn't, if I didn't fall into a category of being what modern culture, you know, happens to consider largely as being like, a, um, I don't know, like, like attractive, you know, mm-hmm. um, or I didn't have, like, I wasn't fit. I didn't have that edge in a way. Uh, I w- it would be a lot of work for me. It'd be a lot of like deep emotional, like heart work. And so I kind of have that as a buffer to kind of lean on a little bit, but I realize that it's also can be, um, almost like a barrier <laughs> to like totally. more, more authentic growth. And so I think within that, it's like the practice of compassion for other people. Uh, it really, it, it inevitably spills into yourself. And the more you do that, the more, or, or more one does that, the more one begins to bridge that relationship and get out of the isolation of I'm alone in this. When I'm alone in this, then I hoard. 
and then I protect, I build my walls up, and then I build the walls up so big that no one can get in. You yeah. know, and this comes into relationships is, you know, it's like, Do you and have this, a is, this is all are you married. What is your situation? I have a girlfriend, but these are all things that like are, are part of my, my process with it. Uh, like, so, cause you just, you just gave me a great, good segue into asking you how you, what was that turning point when you went from being the, cause we, I don't think you answered me, the gym mm. guy, the meathead guy to this new, not new age person, but who you are now, like, like if you were doing it because of insecurity and for whatever other reason it was in your past, what kind of made is it just what made you have that growth uh, to to kind of follow this path? Probably challenge. I think I think probably like like my something I write about in my book, so it's not like a, a secret or anything. I've talked about it a bunch. My dad was like really um, super like end of the line addicted to to drugs growing up for me. Um, and, and he ended up going to jail and it was like a whole thing. It was around like when I was like a teenager time frame. Uh, and now he's doing amazing. He's like one of the sweetest humans you ever possibly could meet. And he like helps people to, with like rehab and all sorts of stuff. Like he's, un, it's unbelievable that he's totally clean now. Very clean. Yeah. Like he's like one in a million, like very rare to be at the edge of his, his, where he was, um, you know, he, he was as close to being, um, not in his body anymore as you, as you could be, I think. Uh, and he managed to like jail actually was really like one of the best, the best thing that could have happened to him. How long was then, he in jail for? A couple years. It wasn't too bad. Um, but it was, it was great <clears throat> for him because I think with him, it like stripped him of all of his defense mechanisms. You know, so he was a stockbroker. He was, you know, he was doing fine financially. He was like the president of the Nature Conservancy. He was respected. My mom's a Miss America pageant. She's like third runner-up, Miss Pennsylvania, super hot, beautiful, singer, songwriter. Like very like all the all the boxes check. Within that, when the person's all person's boxes are, are checked, it's it's almost a disadvantage into like deeper growth in a way. Because you can lean on your material world. You're like, no, no, no. Like everyone confirms like I'm the shit. Fuck off. <laughs> like oh my God, problems so me. Like, no, get out of here. Like I'm the best. I, you're fired. Exactly. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> so true. It's easy to kind of stay up on that white castle, right? Because you have all these, you're, you're gorgeous and you're rich and you're this. It doesn't make you, force you to look inward. So he was like a, a, like a finance dude and then... Cause he was he was addicted to was it like crack cocaine or something crack. like severe crack right yeah crack was his thing yeah how did that even happen probably cocaine originally his his story is that he's told me is that there was like he has like a savior complex he's always been big into Jesus and 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 like dying on the cross saving you know for other people from their sins I grew up very like deeply steeped in that world and so I kind of for me I, I grew up. Uh, in a in a way that I, I remember, I don't know how you how you grew up, but I remember in the way that I grew up, very you know steeped in in Christianity. I'm not mad at Christianity. I think you know Christ consciousness, Jesus, all this stuff. I'm Jewish. I, that's how I grew up, Jew, Jewish. So and so something that was that was interesting that I don't. I'd be curious if this relates to you or anyone listening. I kind of grew up like in a way respecting people that were in pain 
And like, if they were in pain, but they were like still doing good for other people, but they had this deep pain to me that like epitomized like a saint, like that was a good life, mm. which I think is so interesting that yeah. that was like growing up. I was like, yeah, of course. And my mom and, and you know, my more of my mom would iterate these kind of stories of like my uncle or my this or that. And she would tell these stories of like how he was really sick or how he was really had all this like chronic, whatever terrible stuff he was, you know, he, mm-hmm. that, that he was dealing with, but he was always good to, the, the children at the school or something like that. He always did this thing. I didn't really get the story of someone that just felt like liberated and was healthy and confident and strong and playful and dynamic. And, and like, yeah, like they lived a good life. It was, it was kind of this interesting, like Jesus type thing. Like they were, they were hanging from the cross. Which I, that's, that was, I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and my, interesting. My, the reason I say that is my, my, my dad had a, a bit of that like savior type complex. complex to him. And the Don't story. Don't we call that like a God complex? No, that's not. Is that kind of like a God complex or? Nah, I think God complex would be more, more, of a would be more like creating yeah. and destroying. His is more, his is more like if you're, if you're in a bad way, like I, it, it fulfills my ego and my right. identity to save you. To save you. Probably if I save you, it denotes that I don't need saving because I'm the savior. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's like some gal that was like smoking crack or something like that. And she was like telling him about it. And this, the story goes that she, he like finally was like, watch, I'll like show you I can smoke crack and, and you know, it'd be okay with it. And like kind wow. of like enter, enter the chaos with you and like I'll pull you out from it. And then the, the story goes that that was kind of, he was like, whoa, this is really good. And then kind of kept going down that, that direction. I don't, I don't know if that's a level of accuracy to that, but that was kind of what I've heard. But again, now he's doing like tremendous and I'm so grateful for all of that. Does and he have a job, question, job? Yeah, he does like insurance stuff. He's still in like financial, financial world. And you have a relationship with him? Yeah, I talked to him like two days ago. And your mom, Nat, what is she up to now? Like, is she... She's doing, she, she was, she's like now back in like singing, like making her art is her thing that she's really like the most excited about. But they split up uh, when, when he went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, and your mom raised you, I would imagine then, or? No, he, this happened. I was like semi-adult at this time. So that's, this is, he had that experience when I was like 17 or oh wow, You're <clears throat> bridging older. on like 18 or something like that. And so I was like, I moved to Hawaii um, shortly after that. So I was, it was kind of, I had a bit of like a transition into like uh, leaving that, that scenario. So thankfully, thankfully. I mean, so yeah, it'd be a lot tougher. So what, so then I was going to say, were you always kind of, because so, the way you described yourself was like this more like this gym, you know, guy, gym, me, gym rat. yeah, gym right. But you, you've seemed very like deep now and very um, evolved and kind of like, not like woo-woo, but a little woo-woo. Like, was that ever part of your vibe back then or not really? I was always interested, like I started experimenting with like psychedelics and stuff when I was, when I was like pretty young, like 14, 15 years old That's or so. young. Um, I don't like condone or not condone, you know, whatever, you know, to each his own. But, but I, um, in that time, and I was using a lot of like, like cannabis, uh, and very interested in just like altering my mind. 
as a younger person, probably some form of like escapism, I'd imagine, like in, in, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, and also rite of passage. I was seeking rite of passage and probably like escape from whatever kind of like mundane slash disjointed reality that I was experiencing. Right. Um, and so that <clears throat> I think inevitably through experiences like that, uh, it starts to catalyze the beginning of perceiving the world as like, okay, what else essentially? Like, yes, this is, this is the world in front of me, but like, you know, like what else is, is there's, there's other layers to this. If you don't think there's other layers to what's going on here, like you're just not paying close enough attention. Like there's other, there's other things going on here, you know? And so whether that's, I mean, you can look at it very scientifically. You can look at it as like the, the percentage of the acoustic spectrum that we're able to hear is like minuscule compared to the actual spectrum that exists. Same thing with visual spectrum, probably same thing with like, well, not probably definitely with like olfactory, like our, our senses are, are, are very dumb in a lot of ways, like our basic, you know, the, the ones that we, that we are accustomed to. And so there's so much more information out there just from a very like strictly scientific five senses type perspective. So, you know, like what, what is that information? Right. You got curious. You got curious. I got curious. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's kind of led you down this path. And so we, and also before we even continue the dark, the dark, the dark thing you're telling me about, are you, what are you doing in the room for the 24 hours? Are they putting you in a dark room? They're giving you two meals through the door. Mm -hmm. What else are you doing? Can you see your feet? Can you exercise? Like what is, what are you supposed to be doing in there for 24 hours? For, for, uh, sorry, a, for seven days. I'm sorry, for seven my days. My guess is it'll probably start off <clears throat> with a lot of sleep. And it'll probably transform in, into like chronic masturbation. And it'll probably get bored of that. And it'll probably enter into like deep introspective work. <laughs> so that's basically the point. Just to like literally give you like some solitude. It's yeah. actually it could be a vacation for a parent also. I mean, maybe I should go. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's basically what, and, and how much do they charge people for this? I, I have to know. I can look it I up. I don't know. I don't know. Look it up. Yeah. I think people, it's, it's an interesting thing. I don't think it's, it, it's, it's, I've heard a lot of people like Aubrey Marcus. He's, I, I, um, inspired him to do his first, I think maybe first and only darkness retreat. And then he went on to do like a, a documentary about it and all of that stuff. And I inspired him to do that in a podcast that we had recorded like years ago. And I was telling him about darkness retreats because I was writing about it in my book. And then he went and did it. Uh, and he claims that to be, and I say Aubrey because he's like kind of like a psychonaut type figure in the world where he's, he's tried all the plant medicines and all the different things. Yeah. And he suggested that the, the darkness was like bar none, the most potent experience that he's ever had as far as, you know, I don't know, spiritual stuff you know psych, psychonaut stuff like and you've never done inward. it yet you've never done it yet no no i've been interested in it for a while and you're not with so does everybody have to be by themselves in isolation you can't go with another person in there right you probably could you probably could maybe you can go with another person i'm sure <clears throat> that's not how it's set up typically it's typically you 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 alone on your own but could be very interesting bonding so relationship for, 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 for two people. But I would, I would still, if I was going there with a partner, I would probably still, I would rent out the place that I'm going in Oregon. 
and I'm, I'm a little bit bummed. I don't know the name of the place, but if, if people are interested, literally just look up like Oregon darkness retreat, you could probably literally even use, I don't know if I have a discount code per se, but I bet you, if you like mention me or like say a line or something, they'll probably give you some discount or something. So if it's something that's of interest, there's a very prominent one in Oregon and, um, you know, I know a lot of people that have, have gone through the experience and it's pretty unanimous. It's like, that was the most potent thing I've ever done. Wow. It's, it's fascinating. Um, okay. We haven't even finished what your date, your daily routine is. Like what, <laughs> what other things? Okay. So I don't even know where we, okay. So what, what, ta- what time are you up in the, does it matter? I know you love, you think that sun exposure is one of the most important <clears throat> things to do daily, right? For your, to maximize your. Yeah. I mean, your, I would, I I, I think that I know that. I would I would say that I know that. I don't know that I know I, I really know anything, but I think that I know that. I think that's a known one, though, like yeah. having some type of sun exposure. You know, the question is how much sun exposure, right? Like it's about, it's Varies. like a, it's a very, it's Depends right. on ethnicity. Depends on, on where you're at in the world. That's why, the, that's why, that's why this, this stuff around the like sun is very confusing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with nutrition. Same thing with like anything. Yeah. We are all very biochemically individual. We come from different parts of the world. Their skin pigments very different, and also our skin pigments very adaptive. You know, so if you're a person that has has not exposed themselves to a lot of sun, then your skin cells aren't going to be prepared for sun. So a little bit will go a long way. If you're a person like me, who like, I I like. I, I really prioritize being in the sun. I, I don't feel well if I don't get enough sun. Um, I'm the same way, which is why I'm surprised you moved away from California. Just for that oh, Austin's, reason alone. Austin's sunny as all get out. I, was, I didn't realize that. Oh man, I went literally just, I just like laid out on my little like porch stoop here for like 20 minutes and I was pouring in sweat and it was literally like a sauna. Like I was like, wow, that was impressive. Like that was a detox. That was awesome. Uh, winter, it's less. You know, but for most of the year, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like 105 degrees and sunny, sunny is all get out. Does that mean that you don't believe in sunscreen? Uh, I mean, I think that it exists. I think that it's no, real, I but I don't. <laughs> yeah, it does exist, definitely. <laughs> I can prove it to you by showing yeah, you a bottle. But, uh, no, I think, I think it's just, <clears throat> it's the same thing. It's not, the chair is not the problem. The sunscreen is not the problem. It's, it's uh, when are you using, when are you using it and what are you using? So if you're using zinc oxide, if you're using, you know, something that's like organic um, materials or or products where you're like, oh yeah, like I know what that, I get it. Coconut oil, zinc oxide. Like you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Like I would, I would ingest that. Right. I don't, don't be fooled. Like chemicals going into your bloodstream is that's eating. You're essentially eating just because it didn't go down your gullet. It's still all entering the bloodstream. Right. Especially your skin's a very thick, it's a derm, like your skin is like one of the most open, I mean, everything can go through your skin. Oh easily. yeah. And you know when it's the most open is when you're hot baking in the sun. Yeah. Oh, so God, if you yeah. put yourself, if you put some like noxious, uh, hormone disrupting chemicals on your skin, it'd be one thing if you just got out of a cold plunge and you rubbed some toxic paste on your arm. Right. But if you go, you rub this stuff, disrupts your hormonal function, has all sorts of issues with like local riverways and like, you know, ocean, you know, just like the other creatures that are that are existing. Uh, and then you go and open your pores full blast and bake that shit into you. Super not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. 
Super not a good idea. That's a great way to put it. It's, it's so scientific based. Super not a great idea. Um, okay, so some we know. Give us some other things that are on your list of like think if if we have to if we could do five things to really kind of up our optimal. I don't know if it's like like what would be the word like living or life or daily health habits. What would it be, son? <clears throat> well, one movement. One just because I'm like um, I'm like a language Nazi. I can be kind of uncomfortable to be around with it. Uh, <laughs> I would personally one just pay attention to language. You 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 seem quite good with language actually. Um, not like just that you you're like eloquent, but it seems like you you don't tend to speak in ways that are like disruptive to I don't know feeling feeling well um, so but something <laughs> that's, that's a you. bit it's a bit of a bind I think in the modern uh, digital age of productivity productivity and efficiency and like you know essentially like the 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 the, the runoff from the Tim Ferris type optimal performance world right nothing it's nothing against him um but the idea of optimal i think is a bit in like efficiency and things like that i think is a bit of like machine language and like you optimize a computer you optimize you know like like devices mm -hmm. like Not the idea humans. of yeah the idea of of like you being optimized. Like I, I just think that a lot of that we can kind of tie ourselves into knots and come into this place of like a lack of just again, compassion and acceptance and like love <laughs> for where I'm at in like right now. Mm -hmm. And this story that I gotta get optimized, I gotta get optimized. It's like, there is no optimized. Like there's no, like you, like it's, it's, you're, it's just a carrot. You keep pushing forward wherever you arrive you're gonna be like, God, I get more optimized. Yeah, you know? I know what you mean. You mean like in this world we're living with, everything is biohacking ourselves to a place where. Yeah, yeah um, you're not a machine. You're not a computer. You're right. like a living, breathing, mental, emotional. But but with you saying that, right? Uh, you know, the reality is you're still doing all of these things to. I hate to say the word optimize to optimize how you feel. Right? You're doing sure. the cold because all these hard things that you call. You're doing these harder things to feel the, the counter, the, the juxtaposition is to feel really good and optimized on the other side. So you're doing the plunge, you're doing the sauna, mm -hmm. you're doing the sunlight, you're doing the exercise, right? Yeah. You're sitting on the floor mm -hmm. to optimize how your pelvic floor will work and then not being, you know, in, what's that word? I always get that. So you're in con, con, incontinence. Incontinence. Yeah. incontinence yeah. Or so you're, you know, so you're, you know, your, your sick bones or whatever. These are all yeah. things to help overall be the most healthy in body, in mind you can be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not especially mad at optimized. It's more just the general idea of like. I totally I think, agree. I know what I you're think saying. I think there's also value, like the way that you think now, and the operating systems that you're running probably aren't going to change based on your material manifestation like what what happens in the world mm -hmm. the operating system of the way that you think is probably just going to keep on running until you actually come into a place of like what's going on in the os here you yes. know and so and so that idea of like 
always needing to be more, always needing to be more efficient, always need to be more optimized, always need to be more like blah, blah, right. blah. The word efficient. So, so the way it's kind of, you're you're taking the word optimize and like using it. It's kind of like for you, it sounds like to be the most efficient, highest purring, you know, vehicle. Or, you yeah, know. sure. But right. okay, so let's just say in your how you feel, like in an environment, like what would you say, what would be your ideal environment that you continue to do? Like, give me a still, I want to know the day in the life. What time do you yeah. wake up? Do you eat plant-based? Are so, you eating so, animal protein? Are you... So the so the, the day in the life of what I think would be most ideal for... What do you do? A, a, a human, and, and this is what I tend to try to follow the best I can, um, would be getting up with the sun, um, getting your eyes exposed to sun as, as soon as you possibly can, mm-hmm. um, acknowledging that the, the sun is it's it's actually a material object photons like penetrating your eyes uh and within that that's you know one of the best things you can do to generally just tune your neurochemistry for the day set your circadian rhythm make it so that you're actually sleepy you know 16 odd hours later after that um just helps you make you feel good and then from there, get like some movement, wiggle your body around, go for a walk, you know, something of a sort, drink a bunch of water, probably spit some of the, the first like swig of water out because you got a bunch of stuff in your mouth you don't really want to swallow right away. You brush your teeth before you drink a bunch of water. You do like coconut pulling if you want. Coconut's antimicrobial, antibacterial, so that could be a, a nice thing as well. Plus just having the, the fats in, the, in your, the, the biome in your mouth is, 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 is good for the bacteria in there, the healthy you, bacteria in your mouth. Do you do that every day? No, but when I do it, it always seems like a good idea. Yeah, I do it maybe like once every like two weeks or something. Like, I'm gonna start doing this. I have it yeah. sitting right in my cabinet. I just, I just, just don't. Yeah, I just do like water, sunlight, walk, coffee, typically. But I, but every time I, I decide to put coconut oil in my mouth and then go for a walk outside and kind of like swish it around while I'm going for a walk, I'm always like, this is awesome. Like my mouth feels really fucking good. Really, <laughs> because I did that. <laughs> And then you spit out the coconut, uh, the coconut oil, or really you spit it out, it? Yeah. spit it on a bush. No, no, you almost want. That's a good yeah. idea. I'm going to try that tomorrow. So you just oh, basically walk around with the coconut oil in your mouth and swig it around. Yeah, you're supposed to do it for like well, I don't know whatever they say. Do it for some amount of time, three minutes, five minutes. And what does it different. do? It pulls out all the different. So coconut oil, I'm I don't I don't know exactly what it does to be honest. I know yeah. I've I've had I've had podcast episodes. I had, I had Dr. Stephen Lynn on my my podcast recently who he's like a biological dentist i think is the term for him and one of the things that he was suggesting is um healthy fats such as coconut oil are really good for feeding the the good in quotations Mm -hmm. bacteria in your oral biome so your mouth um and so that's a good thing you know it's kind of like maybe like prebiotic fiber in a way it's like like eating um oh what's the stuff what's the what's the fibrous uh shoot what's the thing my my friend has a whole company around it jicama jicama you know? I love jicama. It's my favorite thing ever. Hickama, yeah, jicama is good stuff. Uh, but anyway, so it's like good for the good bacteria, and it's and it's it's bad for the bad in quotations bacteria. So it's like cleansing, uh, and also is feeding healthy bacteria. Uh, so that would be something that I think is interesting. Again, that wasn't a very scientific description of it. It's just something I think is nice. I like it. I don't like. Uh, I mean, that was actually the the most. I I understood that the most. The many <laughs> things else you said this whole other yeah, podcast. It yeah. was the most. It was the All most right, like there. succinct. I'll yeah. stay there. Thank you. Thank I'll stay, you. I'll stay there. Um, and then, you know, I I think I think that so I tend to if you're asking specifically about me, I tend to batch things that I would put into like a category of like 
obligatory like work type scenarios such as recording podcasts I, not like obligatory but it's like it's like oh it's a scheduled thing i tried to um keep before like eleven thirty open for me and then keep like after four open for me so that block of like four to five hours is the time that i permit shit to be scheduled and then before then it's just it's like time to do what feels good typically for me it's like i'll go train um, I'll like do some writing or something, just whatever. And then the evening, try to keep that open as well. To again, I'll typically like train or something, some version of that, uh, and do dinner with somebody I care about. Um, you know, read, hang out, you know, but the big thing as far as, as, as far as like, I think that optimizing cellular health, I think is just go the freak outside as often as you can turn your phone off as regularly as you're willing to put your phone in airplane mode as regularly as regularly as you're willing to allow your eyes to go through a full range of motion acknowledge that your your eyes your ocular tissue your your eyeballs and all the correlating muscles around them are neurological tissue so it's continuous with your central nervous system your central nervous system your spine your spinal cord your brain your eyes when you're adjusting the perception of nearsightedness or taking the panoramic view or looking up or you know scanning the horizon left right looking down all of that think of it as like you're pulling like a joystick of your autonomic nervous system so when you're going into panoramic view it's sending a cue into your physiology that it's like oh, okay jen's she's chilling out okay we're just chilling when you're focusing your your vision in on a cell phone for example or a computer or a predator you know or a prey you go into like high functioning, you know, executive function, sympathetic, get shit done mode. When you're done getting shit done and you either didn't get eaten mm. by the predator or you ate the prey, you go, ah, you let a lot out a, lo- a long exhale. Once you establish it, you feel safe and you can, ah, you take in the whole world. You're not like a shark isolating myopic vision from place to place. You're, oh, you're just taking it all in. You're just chilling out, man. So same thing, um, acknowledging. So acknowledge, and, and make sure you're getting enough sunlight to your eyeballs. Take sun, Sunglasses are, are best suited for nighttime. Again, another backwards thing in, in modern culture. Um, like the idea of wearing sunglasses. If you're like avoiding a glare or something, and or you're driving yeah. over a, a mountain pass or something, like you can't see, like of course, like put your thing down, get sunglasses, do whatever you, you need to do to, to see. Um, but the idea of blocking light while the sun is out and then, and then bringing the light in from alternating current flickering blue lights inside your house once the sun goes down is another bummer. Like that's really problematic. <laughs> so you're saying to wear glasses at night basically. To block uh, I'm the saying, blue- I'm saying, to- I'm saying tone the lights down. So get oh, like, a sal- get that. like salt, get salt lamps, um, you know, just get like more reds and oranges and things that make you feel kind of sexy. So like if you were to have a, a, a like intimate sexy. partner, <laughs> if you were to have like an intimate partner over to your house, okay. you know, and you're making like a nice dinner, like if you really wanted to do it right, you'd probably like candles, you know, you'd probably like play some soothing music. You wouldn't just have like a, a like, a, like a, a, a big nasty fluorescent light, <laughs> like she would feel like she's under attack or he would feel like they're under attack. And it's and that alternating current of the, of the light as well. It's not a direct current like you're getting from the sun. It's it's literally flickering. It's it's like it's flickering real fast to the point that it looks like a stable light. It's not. It's very agitating. 
And so I would avoid that if you're in, if you're trying to sleep, I would, I would avoid agitation. So emphasizing long exhalations, <sighs> relax the eyes, um, use long wave light, which is the reds and the oranges mm -hmm. and things of the sort that you'd get from like a fire. Those are all very viable. I love this. Okay. So we're like, we're, I'm going to have to wrap this up because uh, <laughs> yeah, it it's long, but yeah. I want you to come back if you don't mind and we can, yeah, we can keep do another one. Like yeah. you're, you're a very fascinating human, I find. And, and oh, yeah. uh, I want to do the acro now that I know you. Yeah, um, we can do it. I'm down. I'm let's down do it when you're, in, when you're in LA, Nick. Well, you're going to be here yeah. in a couple of weeks, you said, right? I'll be there in yeah, like three weeks or so. All right. Um, yeah. You're very you're you're an interesting little cat there, Aaron Alexander. <laughs> I mean, you really, you really are. Has anyone ever told you that before? <sighs> I can't be the first. Uh, I think I strike different people differently, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you have a nice way about you, though. You know what I mean? You have a very you're very pleasant. You know, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, that's you good. are. You're very pleasant, actually. That's, that's uh, no, it's it's true. You're you're, um, and we know a lot of mutual people, and so I'm glad that we finally, I finally got yeah, to meet you this way. But um, uh, I know the book has been out a while. We've been trying, like I said, trying to do this, but it's called yeah, the Align Method, and it's it? actually really I, I I enjoyed it a lot. It's a, we didn't even I didn't even get to a lot of the other questions about flexibility and about sleep and about walking. So we do have to do this again. More to come. Absolutely. How do yeah. people find you? Just on IG or are you on anything yeah, else? Yeah, whatever. I mean, most people probably just end up going to Instagram. So everything's under Align Podcast, including the the podcast called podcast. <laughs> uh, and then we have a free community if people want to have like kind of like a more intrinsic experience with the align method stuff and that's found at alignpodcast.com slash community so there's about a couple thousand people in there i'm in there every day answering questions we do like lives and stuff and we share a lot of instructional content this conversation was very much geared towards uh, I don't know, metaphysical, you know, what the hell are we doing here type conversation, but that's very like didactic. Here's how you make your joints work better. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just type align podcast into the internet and that, you know, you know, all the things will come up or align method. That's the, that's the book. It, it's funny. Cause I thought this would be much more about like, is it, how do, how do your joints work better? And this took a whole different really direction, which is interesting to me. So well, that's fun. I appreciate um, that. That's no, my preference. Absolutely. It's great. And, um, well, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. 
There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam, on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.